The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in seeing their current inventory? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com or just stop by the dealership and take a walk around with one of their salesmen. They have a no-commission sales team and are dedicated to a no-haggle, no-pressure experience. We've been working with Volkswagen of Boise for a few years now, and we highly recommend heading to their team if you're looking for a quality car in the Treasure Valley. Just needing a laugh? Head to their Instagram page, VW of Boise. They have a full-time fun director dedicated to showing you just how fun buying a car can be. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast, where we talk all things Treasure Valley. We're your hosts, Shane and Natalie Plummer. Welcome back to the conversation. Ahoy, mateys. Welcome to our auditory adventure. Okay. All right. Natalie I made was it. just getting on me for the uh, <laughs> how common our intro was. Okay, and I thought, that was I'm going to spice it up. All so right. I spiced it up. How's that for spice? It's, it was, I love it. Yeah. You're amazing. We would like to welcome back old friends, Marissa Lavelle. How are you? Hello. I'm we good. talked to you last year about podcast, uh, sorry, about podcasts, about Tree Fort. Mm-hmm. But today we wanted to dig in a little bit more because you do so much more than just Tree Fort. I know that Tree Fort is like your main job, but uh, you've got another side gig that's incredibly well, successful it's here. It's the story of all stories. The side gig becomes the main gig <laughs> yeah. because it's you've created something pretty amazing. Yes. So let's talk about that. You are the creator of like the most epic newsletter ever <laughs> called Thank From you. Boise. Um, so let's talk about it. Like, you were just saying that you've never introduced yourself on the newsletter that says, hey, here's an here, <laughs> here's a um, an episode that's about me, just so that you know who's doing the writing. You've yeah. never done that? No. I mean, but it hasn't even been going for a year. Mm. I started it in March 30th. This I sent the first one on March 30th. That's amazing. So, you were just telling us some numbers that uh, kind of fascinate fascinate me now that I know how uh, short of a duration you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. How many uh, subscribers do you have now? Over 8,000. Over 8,200. Dang, in less than one year. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. For a newsletter. I mean, yeah. that's So that's people crazy. click a button that says, I want to receive an email sent to my inbox mm-hmm. consistently. And you do that. Yep. Twice a week, every week. That's I don't know week. how you do that. <laughs> Twice a week, every week? Yep, every Tuesday and every yeah. Thursday. As a content creator who does short snippets, I am like in awe because yeah. these are these are very these are very meaty newsletters. Like, I mean, it's funny because our friend who's like hates social media and like hates all that stuff, he's like, Have you heard of from Boise? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I actually Welcome know her. Thank you so much. He's like, They're amazing. I get so much information. I'm like, you don't even follow my Instagram page. <laughs> And you're obsessed with this newsletter, but you know, it, it's, it's really good. So right. let's talk about it. So yeah. I want to understand what it is, but like, there's also part of me that's really insatiably curious about how you do it. If you're doing it twice a week. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about what it is first. Right, yeah. okay. okay. What is it? Yeah. What is okay. From Boise? Yeah. So From Boise is a free twice weekly newsletter. So I send it every Tuesday, every Thursday. Tuesday is a long form story. So it's like, I generally follow people, places, history happening. So like... It's, I've written about all kinds of things. I've written about, you know, Tree Fort and Twilight Criterium and cool places that have cool patios. And um, we were mentioned once. Shane, did you know? Yes, that? I did one on podcasts. <gasps> I was and, so excited. Um, and then histories like everything from um, the story of the attempted or the assassination, first attempt and the actual attempt of Governor Stutenberg and um, the history of the. F- 100-year-old farm out in Hidden Springs, um, history of passenger trains, all kinds of things. 
Um, and then people like I interviewed Chicana Foods and um, I did a story about some of the CAF athletes, Challenge Athletes, Foundation athletes and kind of like their stories. And um, yeah, so I just write a long story about something. And um, then on Thursdays is like a, just it's a big list of things to do. It's like I kind of start it with two things. I don't know, things that I'm like the most excited about, really. And then there's like a live music calendar, a food section, things to do. And then there's a just trust me. That's seriously just something random. Mm -hmm. So random. And people do trust you. Yeah. Like people, that's always the top thing clicked. So the story part of it sounds like a dream job, honestly. It is. It's 110%. Are you always talking to people, just always listening, digging into their stories? Yeah. That sounds great to me. Yeah. So I, I mean, honestly, this is, I kind of can, in hindsight now, see that I've actually been doing this the whole time I've lived in Boise. So I moved to Boise in 2011 and I went to Boise State and I pretty much went to school for three years straight. Like I went to summer school, winter school. I just Mm -hmm. did it in three years um, because it's really expensive. So I just knocked it out. And then um, I got a job at a PR agency, which I did not know how to do PR, wasn't really interested in it, but it was this specific agency. It just seemed like they were doing really cool things. Like they were involved in a lot of things. Visit Idaho was their client. Like Mm -hmm. Just and I just wanted to be involved in that. So I luckily got a job there. And I think it was the first time that I ever realized that writing could like actually be a job. Like not it's not just like writing a book, but like there's and I think it's the first time that I realized that I was a good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, writing's something that like I've just always done, but I didn't I didn't realize it could be my life and my job. And uh so when I was there, I was writing a lot for Visit Idaho, which was really cool. It 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 really opened my eyes to how much you can do in the state. And so that you like when you're, when you're at college, you're kind of like in a bubble, you know what I mean? And so working there just completely opened me up to the Boise that I know now. And, um, I loved it. And so another place I was writing was for Boise Valley, Valley economic partnership, BVEP. And they're an agency or an organization. I think that's involved with the chamber that basically attracts and retains businesses here. So, um, they had just started this site called Grow Ideas here. And so like the stories that, and I was in charge of writing for it. So the stories that I was writing there was Grow was like businesses that had expanded or businesses that were coming here. And so I would get to sit down with these people and be like, why Boise? You know, what does your business do? And ideas was like startups or just people doing cool things. And then here was just stories about here. Like I wrote a story about um, the geothermal network and how like the downtown Boise, Boise businesses are heated geothermally and um, I just loved it. Like I was mm-hmm. so excited about being, just being able to talk to people and hear their story. And, um, especially like small businesses, they were so excited to share their story and, you know, running a business is really hard and you yeah. have to like care a lot. And so being able to like share in that excitement and then get other people excited, like I just, I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I eventually left there cause I wanted to write full time and I just like wanted to travel and I was 25 and just had a cat. So I was like, I may as well try freelancing now. I have nothing to lose. Um, So I started freelancing and was still like writing about, you know, I was writing for Visit Idaho and like Visit Boise. And so I was still writing about Boise, but I wanted to write more like how I was writing, like interviewing people and just like hearing people's stories. And I don't know, just kind of keeping, keeping up with like what was going on. And, um, so I was going to, I was going to start a blog and then like, I didn't really have time. And then I was going to revive this site called Go Listen Boise. That was basically like a live music blog and calendar. Say it one more time. It's called, it was called Go Listen Boise. Go Listen. Um, yeah, there was a group of locals that had run that 
you know, back in like 2010, 2011, 2012 area. So I kind of thought about like reviving that. I had been talking to them. Then the pandemic happened and I was like, okay, well, nothing's happening. <laughs> Maybe not that. So, um, yeah, so I just didn't really do anything. And then in 20, at the be- in January of 2021, um, my old boss um, sent me a tweet and it was from this guy named Nathan mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nathan started ConvertKit, which is the software that the e- newsletter is on. Mm-hmm. So it's an email newsletter software. It's, it's kind of like MailChimp, but their whole thing is helping creators earn a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he had tweeted out, like, I want to start a local newsletter about Boise and which makes sense. Like he's from Boise. Um, it is a local company and this newsletter thing is kind of like a new media type thing. Yeah. So he was like, I want to start a local newsletter. And my old boss, Jess, sent it to me. And she was like, this is so perfect for you. You should, mm-hmm. you should do this. And so I just sent him a message and was like, hey, I am interested in doing this, but like, I want to do it my own way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, he was like, yeah, I think that the twice, he knows a lot about newsletters. So he was like, let's do it twice a week. And like, it can be a story. And I was like, can it be whatever I want? Like, I, I'm... <laughs> Kind of the person where I'm like, I don't like to be told what yeah, to do. Yeah, you don't like to be micromanaged. Yeah. Like I'm never going to be, I'm like a terrible employee in that way, but I'm a great entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I feel just, that. Yeah. So you started doing it under another employer? Well, so he, so basically like he's provided this platform mm-hmm. and um, like he's not my employer. I, we're more like business, we're, we're business partners mm-hmm. in it. So he's been like a really great advisor about how to make it grow because I'm not, I don't know. That wasn't really the goal for me at the beginning either. Also, because it freaked me out. Like mm-hmm. the what first one is just like I'm more of a behind the scenes person. Like I, I work in PR, so and I love just like connecting people. You know what I mean? Like I work in PR for Tree Four, and I, you know, my experience working at Red Sky in PR was I just loved like connecting people. I loved hearing about something someone was doing and being like, you know, who you should meet this yeah, person. The best. Yeah, and I also did a lot of ghost writing and like. You know, writing for Visit Idaho, I mean, people just read the story. They don't care who really wrote it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. Like, I'm very comfortable being kind of behind the scenes. So it was like <laughs> thinking about sending out my writing and it's like my name is quite literally on it. Mm-hmm. The email comes from Marissa from Boise. It yeah. was just very, I just felt very vulnerable, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, you know, had. I actually was like walking through the cemetery by my house the day before the first one was to be sent. And I was like, okay, what's the worst thing that like, I was freaking out. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what's the worst thing that can happen? How many happen? people were, were you planning on? 250 people. 250. Yeah. Okay. Which was like a small enough number that I was like, all 250 people are going to read it. And it was uh-huh. also like a lot of people that I knew, Sure. Um, which in a way was good. But in a way I was also like, what if they think it's stupid? And mm-hmm. then I was like, I mean, yourself what if out they there do? For people that you know, and that you're personal with to, judge your product yeah and also like we you know we had kind of like talked about it for a month like we're gonna send this thing and so I felt like just like all eyes were on it and um also like I hadn't really done anything I mean through the pandemic like I was like camping a lot Mm -hmm. like I was just kind of like off the grid a little bit Mm -hmm. and so I felt like out of touch Mm -hmm. and um I was also just kind of like who are you to like tell people what's cool you know like Uh. um but people liked it and it was cool and um, yeah, so the first story was on March 30th and it was basically just like, what's going on? I, I kind of had just gotten to a point where I was like, what do, what should people know about right now? Like, what do I, what do I feel like I need to know right now? Yeah. And I realized like, we've all been kind of cooped up. Like there's a lot of new things that have happened. That's what the story should be about. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how a lot of it has happened. Like, I'm kind of like, what, a, what am I excited about right now? 
that other people might be excited about right now. Hmm. Where do I go? Uh, how much time do you dedicate to a it? Lot. I mean, it feels like <laughs> twice a week, if the first, uh, if Tuesday is a story, you have to dig in and talk to a lot of people. Then you have to compile and then you have to publish. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, you have to be keeping track of all the stuff that's going on for, for Thursday's yeah. uh, release. I mean, yeah, it's how many lot. hours a week are, are you spending on, on um, this? I mean, I work on it every day, pretty much. Yeah. Um, like, it, I, I am more organized now, a little, a year later, but, I mean, I spend a couple hours on it every day. Um, now I try to, you know, plan out a little bit ahead and, like, do all my interviews in one week and then do, like, a bunch of writing in another week or, um, but, I don't know. I, I mean, some, some of my best writing's, like, done on the fly, so. I get that. Mm. Sometimes I write them, like, the day of and. A lot of times I'm like, you're so dumb. Why are you doing this to yourself? And then people <laughs> love those stories. So I think that there's. How do you get feedback? How do uh, you people hear... respond to me. Like they yeah. write, they respond to the email. Yeah. I'm interested in it because it seems like when you're writing for, uh, we've done a little bit of writing for uh, magazines, but like it feels like in the published area, there's, there's kind of like some formulas. Like when they teach you to write, they teach you to start with, you know, um, um, a premise and then you, you've got your supporting evidence, then you got your closing, but that's like the formula that's been pushed for so long. Mm -hmm. It feels like a newsletter, like you might have some opportunity to change that formula because a couple of your, your stories, they're not like that. They're. I don't know. They're just different, but you're getting better feedback. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, I, I always just wanted it to be casual. Like I'm not a journalist. I don't want to be a journalist. And, um, so I, I don't, and I also just really like to break rules. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think that the way I structure my stories is a lot about like how I feel about them. Mm -hmm. Um, like the one that just came out, um, was about a, a, a nonprofit dog rescue called Freedom Bound Hounds. And mm. their whole story really started with this dog named Alabama, which is how the story starts because that's how their story starts, you know? Um, but like in another one with Dennis the cat was one of my favorite stories, who's the yeah. cat that lived at the old pen. And like that's, that story is quite literally 100 years old, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, and it, I think people know about it, but like, have you ever walked around the pen and thought about, it from Dennis's perspective. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of how I started thinking about it when I was there. I was like, Oh my God, this would be like to think about being in prison like yeah. that and having a cat. Mm -hmm. I just started thinking about it from that perspective. And so in a way, like it tells that story mm -hmm. from a new perspective. Um, yeah. I feel so. like the newsletter is a really interesting answer to some of the dilemmas we have in publications right now, because Social media, we, we were just talking about this a little while ago, social media is getting smaller and smaller in attention spans. We're, um, with the whole, like, algorithm, you're being, um, your, uh, your, your benefit is shorter, more concise, um, you know, get your information out there in, like, 10 seconds. And then versus we have um, newspapers that aren't being read and magazines that are dying slowly. And... Um, people don't watch the news because we have Netflix and it's like, where are we getting information that needs to be developed? And I feel like something like what you're producing is this really amazing combination of those things because you, it's sent to you on your own time. It's spoken in a way that I think people are more comfortable, which is conversational. Um, 
And you also have the potential of engagement, which so many of those others don't because it's an email so people can actually respond, get to know this author. And I think that's why I enjoy it because as someone who works in social media and is like nauseated sometimes by <laughs> how things are going now, it's like a nice respite of like, okay, this is, this is a very current product and I'm getting the information. I can do it on my own time. I can respond or whatever. Um, and it just feels very new and fresh, and but like bringing us back to a place where we can delve into a story. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that about what you what you put out. Like your Thank stories you. are great. Um, well, I was I I mean I'm a relatively in touch person with like the area. I feel like I know <laughs> some things, but like I didn't know anything about the the farmstead that you talked about oh, yeah. the homestead. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like that I'm just fascinated by this. this yeah. I just want to talk about some of the stories that you've talked about. Um, because it is, you just come up with the coolest stuff. I'm like, <laughs> what? I need to go there. So <laughs> thank you. Do you mind talking about that one a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Yeah. I will. Like before I dive into that story, I think that something that I've, I don't know, just kind of realized about like my writing in general is that I, um, I really want people to just realize what's around them. Like mm -hmm. just be more aware of where you are, mm -hmm. um, and where you live. And so I think that what's cool about, the things that I write that I've found is it doesn't, and the, this is kind of who the From Voicey audience is, is it doesn't matter if you just moved here, you've lived here your entire life, or you're like me and you've lived here for like most of your life. Mm -hmm. um, you can learn something. Like there's some of the history stories people have written back and been like, I've lived here my whole life. I live like four blocks away from where I grew up. I'm like the sixth generation Boisean and I did not know the story. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's cool. It's like, um, I think that in, you know, traditional media, there's like, an emphasis on what's newsworthy. And I, I mean, I kind of have this experience in working with PR that like it needs to be new. It needs to have like some sort of fresh take. And I think that I have kind of always been like, why though? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's still like, this is still cool. And just because this company was founded like 10 years ago, you know, they've evolved and changed and they're still doing cool stuff. Like why can't we talk about them and tell yeah. their story? And so I kind of like, again, I don't have rules with my newsletter, so I get to like do this. I'm very much in line but, with that perspective. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, so I, that's kind of like my goal. I just want people to have fun, honestly, in Boise and also like spend your money locally, please. Yeah. Um, and not just have fun, like invest when you know those stories and, and like, uh, you're going to treat your, your, the place better if you realize what you're coming into. I mean, we literally drove here and like, had no idea where we were. Like we didn't know anything. We we just went hadn't done research. I mean, a little bit, not much. Like but. you got a job offer and we lived here two two weeks later. Mm -hmm. So I came in here, um, and all I all I knew about where we lived was it was swaths of neighborhoods and I was very uncomfortable. I'm like, why are there so many neighborhoods? Like this is weird. That's literally all I knew about this area. And so for me, I needed to start getting into my if this was going to be my hometown I needed to understand but there wasn't any place to do it so I was creating it for myself and then mm -hmm. I started pushing it out but like the the depth of like like passion I have for my hometown now is just it's the best part of what I do and having other people experience that like we're going to treat each other better we're going to treat our our mm -hmm. our hometown better and so um a story that might seem small, like a cat at a penitentiary, it changes your perspective on just that one thing. And and I love that you're just putting that out there. And for me, especially, because it's like, this is my hometown. I want to know about it. 
Mm-hmm. So back to the story at hand. Is it the farmhouse? Well, I don't know what. Oh yeah, it okay. It's yeah. the um, Schick Ostala. I think I'm saying that wrong. Farmstead. So it's like over 100 years old, and um, you can go back, by the way, and read all the past stories if you go to frombossboise.com/posts. You can okay. read like every story I've ever written. There's 93 of them. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so that was actually a story that was written by Sharon Fisher. So occasionally I hire another freelance writer. Oh, okay. Because it's a lot. And like, it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so occasionally I have like sometimes once a month, sometimes like once every other month. But um, so that one was written by Sharon Fisher, who funny enough was my editor once upon a time at when I was writing for Idaho Business Review. Oh. <laughs> Small <laughs> so world. It's like fun to kind of switch spots with her. But um, yeah, so that's out in Hidden Springs and it's a historic for- farmstead. You can go take tours of it. Um, but it, I mean, it was basically the first farmstead in that entire area. Um, and just like it, it was almost demolished when they were, you know, building that into a neighborhood and it like the, the equipment was on the property and they finally got word that they had gotten the historic designation and like it was ser- it would it would have been totally demolished mm-hmm. and um now they've saved it and they're like working on restoring it and it's just it's really interesting how history could just be erased like that well, but, we're seeing that everywhere now yeah, i totally. mean all the farmhouses are gone mm-hmm. that's why i really like that story because um I've just, we're watching it over and over and over again. Just, we moved here, everything was, there was barns everywhere. There's Mm -hmm. all these memories of what we came from and we're just slowly erasing that Mm -hmm. so that we think that this metropolis is what it's always been. Yeah, And it's so tragic. Every other corner when we came here was some kind of like a, like a small plot of agriculture with a little tiny barn. Yeah, And I remember once upon a time, that was a big focus of yours. You take all these photos and now, uh, and now it's awesome content because it's like, oh, this is what was here 10 years ago and now let's yeah. see another subdivision yeah it's it's, it's yeah. definitely a melancholy it is scary posting. that it can just disappear mm-hmm. yeah and so, uh, but i think Quietly. That, yeah there's like a lot of people here though that do care about history mm-hmm. and um i mean those are some of the most popular stories for sure so i think that and i think that telling those stories about like how they're saved also i mean it was truly like one person and then a small group of people that did that and so mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's cool about Boise too is like you can make real change here mm-hmm. by doing something that you really care about. Like it's it's very possible and those are some of the stories I tell too about, you know, people people are just like really excited about doing things here and like it's possible to create create cool things and like create real change. Yeah. What's a story that has impacted you the most? Surprised you? Mm-hmm. Changed the way that you thought um, in a way that you hadn't expected whenever you started it? Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, there's like a couple, but um, the interviewing the CAF athletes was really cool. Um, I think that people take our ability, I mean, I think that people take their ability to move their bodies for granted every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that people take for granted like this ac- the access that we have here to being able to get outside. Um, so one of the people that I talked to in there, Josh Sweeney, he um, lost his legs in the war and now he's an incredible athlete and he had lived in portland and then moved here and he talked about like how much easier it was for him to be able to get on his hand cycle and ride his bike here because mm-hmm. um, in portland like he'd have to load it into this car drive for like an hour to get to a place where he could ride it ride for an hour or two and then drive like that's like a four or five hour that's, ordeal. A half a day that's like yeah endeavor. i mean he has little kids like you don't have time for that. Uh-huh. And so 
here he's like, yeah, I like live a couple blocks away from the green belt. Like I just get on my bike and I ride yeah. and I can ride the entire thing, both sides for mm -hmm. hours and then like be home. And so that was cool. I mean, and just, I don't know, just to like hear how people pick themselves back up and keep going. It's really amazing. Um, the other one I really, the James Castle house was something that, that was it was really cool. I was embarrassed when I read that, that Me I knew too. so little. And that the house too. was, I was like, how? <laughs> and that story, I've been telling so many people that story. Cause I haven't read this one. Okay. It's oh, really cool. It's, Educate it me. It was the link that I said you Give should Give me the highlights. It's fine. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for so, that out. I mean, no, but it's, I think that I was the same way. I walked in and was like, I can't believe that I don't know the story. Yeah. I mean, so James Castle was an artist. Um, he was born in Garden Valley and he was born deaf. Um, and he, this is like, I can't even remember when. It's years and years and years ago, though. He died in like the 1970s. Um, and so he was an artist. And a lot of his work is like, I mean, it's very much him trying to make sense of the world, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, he was completely self-taught. And he, you know, back because then. Because he never was able to speak. He was yeah. never taught sign language. No, he was never taught so, sign like, language. This is like a full-on middle-aged, he died middle-aged. And he never was able to communicate except through his art. Yeah, there's some evidence that his him, his family kind of had their own sign language, mm -hmm. you know, so he was very close with his family and was able to um, communicate with his family, but his art was absolutely the way that he was, like, trying to make sense of the world. And I, what was so interesting to me about it was how many times he revisited the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, mul he drew, and he drew a lot of, like replications of what was around him. So like there's a lot of different styles of challenged butter um, mm. logo. And he also used all found materials, which is what's yeah. super interesting about him. Like he, like for ink, he mixed soot and spit. And like he creates like 17 different shades of gray with soot and spit. It's really, it's incredible. Mm. And like used a sharpened stick to apply it to like the back of an ice cream carton. Like it's all found materials. Um, but what I what just struck me about that is like how many times he revisited the norm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like and I think what I took away from that is like you can continuously revisit and rethink your uh, environment and surroundings and the people around you and the things around you and the places around you. Like just because you, you know, he lived his entire life pretty much at the same house in Boise and he drew that house so many different times. And I think that like you know, Boise is changing a lot, but like I said, there's a lot of, like, I, that's what I kind of like to do in my newsletter. Like, I'm revisiting things. Like, the James Castle House has been there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, Boise Rock School has been around for a really long time. But I think that we can always revisit things and, like, see how we feel about them now. Because you're a different person than you were 10 years ago. And you're a different person than you were even, like, a month ago. I love this idea of going back through time and seeing us how does something change? How do I change in looking at the same thing? I love that. Do I think about it differently now than I did then? And that's a story. How how have I changed? What's inspired me to to change? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, and like especially, you know, like there's so much change happening in Boise that I think it's cool to That's that was just a takeaway that I had from that story, but I think that like in general learning about the history here, it just like gives you an appreciation and also it just shows you that things are always changing all the mm -hmm. time everywhere like we are changing things are changing all the time um and it's okay it's it's fine like you're allowed to change you're allowed to you're not supposed to be the same person forever you know um mm -hmm. but I think I don't know I mean working by myself has opened me up to that a lot like you learn a lot about yourself when it's just you yeah <laughs> mm.
Okay, that one was really cool. The The Boise Rock School story that I did recently was really cool, too. Um, so I I wanted to do that story because I heard Ryan Peck, who's the guy that founded that. Um, he is he's a really cool person, but I heard him talk at Music Talks at Tree Fort last year, and he was the, the talk was on um, all ages music scenes and, like, why it's important to have music and art be accessible to young people. And... But not in just like a way of like going to see a show. Like, are they able to take part in that community? And I mean, not even art and music, but like all communities. Are young people able to take part in the things that they're interested in? Um, especially like teenagers. And so, um, but I heard him talk about, and he was talking about resiliency and like how people learn resiliency. And he was talking specifically about skateboarding, mm-hmm. playing music. And I mean, if you think about it, like if you think about like the teenagers who skateboard, right? Like they're kind of like, the burnouts. They're like the kids that the, they're looked at as kind of like the troublemakers, like, oh, he's like a skater. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, those kids are learning how to fail, 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 continue. Like when you're learning to do a skateboard trick or like learning to play an instrument, it's like you're not good at first. You yeah. fall down and like you rip your pants and you skin All up the your... videos that we see are of completed tricks of awesome yes. stuff. You don't see the hours and the broken bones. And uh, yes. Yeah. And like, so you're learning to like fail and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail. And then when you get that trick and you succeed, like that is your success. Mm-hmm. And for a young person to learn that in such a way that is, I mean, there's no, there's no like rules. There's no judgment, right? Like that's, that's just how you do it. And a lot of that happens in private. Like a lot of that you're, you're trying the trick in your driveway, you know? And then like, if you're learning to play an instrument, like you're playing really horribly on your guitar in your own living room mm-hmm. before you are ever to play it for anyone else or even just like be able to play a song um and so that he's him talking about that notion and like how Boise Rock School is making that experience accessible to people is especially for teenagers because like something else he told me is he was like if you think if you look at Boise there's so many things for little kids to do right there's parks there's a discovery center the zoo there's camps but like when you're 14 and you're like, I think I really like punk rock, <laughs> you can't go to a punk show because it's in a bar. Yeah. And like you probably don't have enough money to buy an electric guitar and an amp. So like how do you get into it besides just listening to it? And also like it swears so your parents don't want you to listen to it. You know what I mean? Like it's there's yeah. like a lot of barriers for young people to just like explore who they are and what they like. Mm-hmm. and Boise Rock School, I think, makes that super accessible, and it makes it in ways, it's not like you have to be in a band and play an instrument. Like, yeah. they have photography classes, and so, like, those kids are taking pictures of the bands that then become their album cover, or, like, helping them make their first music video, and they have graphic designers who are, like, making a show poster for the first time ever for that band, so it's, I think it's, I mean, that's how people's careers start, you know what I mean? Like, you can be a, a professional filmmaker that makes music videos for bands. That's a, a legitimate, really awesome job. And like for a young person to have the opportunity to experiment with that and be like, do I like this? And also have it be totally okay if you're like, yeah, no, I don't like that. Because yeah. a lot of times, especially like in our traditional school systems, like if you're failing at something, that means you're doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I related to that a lot because like I started college and I quite literally failed out my first semester of mm-hmm. of college like I was 
thought I was going to be a nurse, which now I realize that's probably the worst job for me ever. <laughs> Could you imagine her as a nurse? Yeah. Like uh. I cut my knee really bad a few summers ago and I was like about to pass out. <laughs> like, it would have been so bad, but I failed every single class. Like I failed A&P twice. I failed chemistry. I failed math. And I felt like a total failure. Like mm -hmm. I was wasting money, but really it's just because like that's not the path I was supposed to be on. I'm a writer. Yeah. And I think that just creating spaces in Boise and there's a lot of them where people can just like explore and feel free to change and figure out who they are and like in where they are is really important. And so Boise Rock School does that and they're working on a new space right now. Um, up on the bench, it's where Pleasure Boutique used to be. So oh, yes. I like to call it Pleasure Rock while mm. it's in between. <laughs> um, but it's going to be a really cool space. There's, they're like totally need money and support in that. Um, that it's going to be really cool. That particular story resonates with me. Uh, I think that maybe just because in our circumstances, our kids are, are getting older. Mm -hmm. And I think that we had preconceived notions about what we wanted our kids to be or what paths they would follow when they were teeny tiny, you know, when they were just pure potential. Mm -hmm. And now as they're getting into adolescence and the teenage years, that's become a little bit more challenging for us. And so to have- I don't know if it's been challenging, it's been interesting. Like I think we- I think it's been challenging for me because like I always envision, oh yeah, my kids, my kid will take this path and this is like the standard formula that, that will probably be, you know, that, that they'll follow. But now with what, you know, we're going through together as a family, it's like, well, eh, Nope, that's going to be a very atypical path, most likely. Mm -hmm. And to hear that, that there's a space for kids to discover some alternative paths that are not, you know, the typical college formula. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly inspiring. Yeah, I me. love that story because it really legitimized so much of like, I, again, I, I have a problem with how much we're having to simplify so many things. And as parents of, we've got um, two teenagers and um, well, like our son is not into sports, like at all and which is totally fine but it's like where are we really pushing he is so artistic i mean he i mean he's he's gotten into this thing where he's like creating art out of butter it's really random it's like hilarious but he just butter sculpture he just like leaves it for us to find i love that and i'm like why did we create the most incredible yeah. child he won't announce it look what i did <laughs> he just so left this guy sitting on this couch made of butter drinking a drink with a cup made out of butter <laughs> You guys should take him to the James Castle house. Yeah, because so, yeah. there's so he much did, that. Yeah, he did that. He created little figurines and like would hide things in the walls of his house. Like when they redid the house, yeah. they found a lot of oh, so James cool. Castle's like sculptures and artwork in the walls. That's it's really. Can you imagine finding that? Yeah. It's when I was a teenager, I was like, I loved school. School really worked for my brain. And it's like I did well in school. So I just was like, I will go to school and then I will go to college, which I did. But um I took a guitar class in school because I, 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 I don't know. I just wanted to, and I always wanted to learn to play guitar. And I like walked into this room. I'm like, I thought I had something to do with meeting guys. No, that <laughs> came later, and I that was it was worth it for that too. But I was like, you know, like in student leadership, I was in every AP class. Those are the only people I knew. I only knew this one path, and that I would follow. And then I walk into this room of all the skaters. And I'm like the only girl except for this girl named Breezy, like legit. Her name was Breezy and she was like hippie and like stoned all the time. So I didn't talk to her a lot, but <laughs> um, I being with this new group of guys and like going through music and finding out like I'm actually OK at like doing that. And like I was like, 
I love this. And it completely changed the way I saw my trajectory. I still did the college route. You know, I got my bachelor's. When I went to college, like, I was grunge and I had my guitar all the time. And I'm like, I'm taking ownership of this college experience because I don't, I need the and Natalie. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I'll be this college thing. But I also am like kind of a little bit of a rocker and I want that. And like, that one random class and finding out that these guys who I dismissed so completely because I, for whatever reason, and realizing, okay, these guys are way cooler than like anyone else in any of my classes. And yes, I did date a couple of them and that was fun too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, like, I want that for my kids, but now, you know, everything's just a cluster right now because, you know, we're just trying to get them in school in any way. So mm -hmm. when I saw like the Boise Rock, I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's something I can get behind because it gives kids, it allows them to discover parts of themselves that maybe society isn't pushing as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Boise Rock School, the accessibility part of that is super cool. Like they, they've never turned anyone away. If you can't pay, they'll help you figure out how to. Um, you know, they'll provide things for you, um, which is so important too because like, I mean, kids don't have any money. Like I... You know, there was yeah. so many things that I would have loved to do, even like in college here that I was like, well, I can't, I can't afford that. I mean, yeah. there's things now where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a hundred dollars for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's something I try to do with my newsletter too, is like talk about what's free. Because You do a great job with that. And yeah. we haven't even talked about the, the, I mean, your, your lineup, like what you list for people to do. I mean, I do that a little bit and I know how hard that is to get all that information. I didn't even do it this week because I'm like, yeah. I don't have time. But like you find really cool things that are just not on Facebook or whatever. I'm like, how does she know about that? <laughs> it's Who are really her sources? Valuable. Where's she going? Yeah. Um, I mean, people like... Sometimes I see things, you know, like posters up or something. Um, people have kind of started to tell me things. But um, I do find things on Facebook, Instagram, um, Eventbrite. Like mm -hmm. I kind of just search around. But it's also things I hear about. Like I'm like, wait, what? What are you guys talking about? What is Like I'm the type of person that I'll be in a coffee shop and be like, sorry to interrupt you. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, well, you're very connected. Bring me up to speed, strangers. I yeah. think everyone who knows you um, – because, yeah, we, we just talked about you on our last podcast. I know. Brunch. Thank you. That was really sweet. <laughs> but, like, everyone knows who you are because I think you're just a warm person who wants to know and you you have a genuine curiosity. But, um, like, that's that's just – that's a talent to just be like, yeah, I know this and I know this. I'm going to put all together. And, and it's so fun for me because it's just like you make it easy to explore my own town. Yeah, I think that that – I do – I realize that that I think is what makes From Boise very different is that it's – it's like a one one on one connection. Like mm -hmm. I it's just me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have some other writers like Amanda and Sharon. Um, but for the most part, like it's Marissa at From Boise. And people feel like we're just it which is it's is very much just me. Like yeah. I that is it's my personality in an email. <laughs> like but I you, don't you say that, but yet like my sister actually messaged me. She's like, I'm loving this from Boise. And she's like, you told me your friend wrote it, but like, where I, I don't see her in this. Like, I know. <laughs> you're really keeping yourself from the, you know, the the limelight. I don't know the light, but um, people know you by name, but you're you are presenting your voice, but not necessarily your face. And, mm -hmm. and do you think you'll continue doing that? Or um, I think that I will maybe like, I don't know, introduce my face, I guess, in a way. Um, 
I don't know, maybe like the year mark or something. But I, I just, I, I don't want to, it's not about me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be about me. Um, and I don't, I think I'm realizing now that I don't really think that it would take away from that. But I just, I didn't want it to be a thing about like who I am. I wanted it to be more about like what I'm talking about and the people sure. I'm talking about. Um, Known for the product instead of the person behind the yeah. product. Yeah. Um, not be an influencer. Yeah. I do not want to be an influencer. I would also, recommend I'm, not being an influencer. Yeah. It's just... I'm, I like care too much also like when people, <laughs> I hired someone to do social media recently because I was like responding to comments being like, why would you say that? <laughs> like, no, I mean, it wasn't, number one. it wasn't like that, Don't but I, I mean, it was, I, I, but I just, I do want people to know that like I am a real person and it is just me. Like yeah. I, I, I do read these and I have some people that respond and are like, I'm sure this is an automated email, but I'm like, no, it's me. Like, what's yeah. up? Well, that's <laughs> valuable because you have 10,000 followers on Instagram too. Yes. So it's like, that's a, you're, it, it's not just a newsletter. Your Instagram is, is really great and beautiful. And I love the photos you show. Um, I feel like that's just, it's like more of a visual representation of, of, of Boise, which I like, but like for, I'm, I understand that perspective in that I did, you know, I have this page called Hello Meridian and for two years I wasn't on it at all. In fact, there's this podcast out like by BVA from four years ago where I'm like, I don't want it to be about me. Mm -hmm. I don't want my face out there. And now it's oh like, my gosh. But like for me, part of it was that I needed people to be softer with me because they thought mm -hmm. there was this like crew, like all together doing this thing. And they were kind of like, if they didn't like something, they were pretty, um, they could be pretty harsh. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Have they become more, it, it's more become soft? different. Mm -hmm. So now, and I, I don't know if it's better, but like, I felt like, okay, I'm going to show my face a little bit more. And there's other reasons for it, uh, you know, for engagement, whatever. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is like a mom of three who's <laughs> like at home in between a normal person, like I cooking guess. and I'm putting out this content for you. So like shut, shut up and like, like it or don't like it, but you're not talking to this like team of people. I'm like doing this myself. Yeah. Then for free. For free. And th but then things got a different weird. <laughs> so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't I don't know what's better. But I do think personalizing it and and also for some reason, when people see product like that, they do assume like there's this whole team because I don't think they can understand how one person can, could do that. Yeah, but there is like this. I feel like you value it so much more when you realize, no, like this is who I am and I'm putting everything, this one person into this product. Yeah. Um, and, and I read it from that perspective of like, I know, especially because what I do, I know what it takes to do something like that and that mm -hmm. it is an insane effort. Yeah. And that's, I think that's also why um, I chose to, at the beginning to be like, kind of to write it from like first person. Like I'm like, have you guys been here? Like I yeah. just went here and it was cool. It was good type thing. Or like, I don't know. I just am kind of like, I don't ever try to take it too seriously. I think that's mm -hmm. also kind of why, what makes it different is I'm like, yeah, I just went here and this is what happened. Or, yeah. um, I don't know, just kind of like talking about like how I felt in that moment of like hearing the story. And, um, yeah, I think that it's, I don't know. I, I, the whole thing about like putting my face on it is just weird to me, but that is why I decided to make the emails come from Marissa at from Boise rather than just from Boise. Mm -hmm. It's um, a person. Yeah, because then people know, but, you know, my other job is tree fort, and so it's kind of funny, like, really a lot more recently, I've had people be like, oh, wait, so you're Marissa from Boise and tree fort Marissa, which is, like, <laughs> two identities I didn't, I didn't yeah. know I was going to have, like, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, it's been cool, and, like, another, um, I saw, I it's been cool to meet people in person, you know, that, that read it, um, 
like I was at a friend's party the like a couple months ago and they were just having like a bonfire and um <laughs> we I was talking to her about it and I was like yeah this like story I'm working on right now it's really cool um it was the Boise Rock School story and was telling her about it I was like it's gonna be like in our neighborhood and um this guy that I hadn't met she, he was like wait you're Marissa from Boise and I was like yeah like <laughs> Ooh, you know, I'm like, I'm like off the clock right now. And yeah. he was like, I love it. And I was like, oh, cool. Like what, you know, like what stories do you like? And he's like, I probably am an outlier. And like, I don't, he's like, I don't really like, I don't really, he's like, it's not like I don't like it, but like, I don't really like the art stuff. Like I like the music stuff and the history stuff. So it was cool to, I love hearing like what people huh. like yeah. and what resonates with people. And um, yeah, so it's cool. So here's, a, I know that it's not about you, but here's a personality question. Mm -hmm. You digest a lot. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, between everything that's going on or the uh, the vast, you know, diversity of your stories, you know a lot. And there's a similarity with you. Like, Natalie, you're hard to keep up with sometimes because there's so much stuff that you're doing. I imagine that it's hard to keep up with you. Who do you hang out with? Like, who? what are are your friends like? Are they also, like, plugged into everything and they know everything that's, that's going on? Or are they just... <laughs> simple folk that are like have simple one passion oh my gosh. that just um, have one thing that they're, they're into. I'm kind of curious, like who do you gravitate towards? Um, I mean, I like both, but yes to both, you know, I have friends that are like Taylor who's super social, knows all kinds of things that are some of the people who are like, Taylor, Hey, amazing. have you heard about this? Or like, who Did you, didn't she help come up with the yes, name? She she did. Give you so credit. the name of the newsletter is with love from Boise. And Taylor totally helped me come up with that because she's so creative. She's so good at things like that. She too. was a guest host. Yes. Yeah, we talked podcast. about the uh, air garden mm -hmm. together. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, Taylor's, Taylor really Taylor Walker. is amazing. Way to go. You yeah. are amazing. She's the best. But so she, like, you know, friends like that. and um, She's hard to keep up with. I cannot believe she is such a breadth of information. Yes, she is. So there's, I, I, I you know, right, but. people like that. And, um, but I also, I mean, I like to chill too. Like, I love to camp and like. I spend a lot of weekends with no service. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not available. Yeah. <laughs> I like to do nothing as well. So, um, but I would say that the reason why I'm able to keep up on those things is pretty much ADHD. And um, I have a lot of energy and, but I'm also just like really excited about things. Like I, I really do just like love life yeah. <laughs> and um, I love to have fun and, and just like do stuff. And so, yeah. That's interesting that you say like, so with, you, for ADHD, you find that a benefit for what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would like it's, I would say like organizing myself is my downfall. Mm -hmm. Um, I've written a, so many newsletter stories like the day of, which is not, do not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Stress. like stressful, yeah. but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean it, it does just like keep me able to bounce around between things and, um, you know, like have a lot of energy and, I love seeing you lean into it. Yeah, because yeah. I've ha I have several like uh, friends who work in social media, and they also they talk about it pretty openly. Like this was something they always saw as like such a a problem they needed to deal with and fix. And they're like, there's some things about this that make me so valuable in a way that other people are. I I am very like very focused, and like being distracted kind of frustrates me. And so it's like I don't I don't understand that as much, but it, it's cool to see people who can like have so much going on at once and then they use that for their benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like working by yourself, just teach, like I've learned a lot about how I work and also like ADHD and um, focus and all those things in working. I've been like working totally on my own now for 
I started freelancing full time in October of 2018. Um, and like, honestly, my first year was rough. I made like no money and it was just hard. Like it was a lot of different projects and, um, but I like learned about some of the projects that I was like, this does not go well is I was like, yeah, well you don't care about that. Like you're not interested in doing that. Yeah. So that's not a good fit for you. And, um, what I love about the newsletter is like, it allows me to think about a lot of different things, but I'm genuinely excited in all of, about all of them. Like if it is something that I'm not excited about, I probably wouldn't write about it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've learned just in, uh, learning about ADHD in general, like, um, just cause we've had some family situations like, and I know some more people are that or be more open about that. But that if you don't have a passion of your job, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like it is a prerequisite. Um, mm. So to be, and we live in a day and age though that you can create that. I mean, I can't imagine in the sixties, like, yeah. there's the, you know, entrepreneurial um, options were much more limited, but now you can take that and like, okay, well, what do I feel passionate? I, I'm like that too. I, I can't imagine having a career that it's like, it doesn't just excite me all the time. Oh, yeah. so I, would, I did filing for as a paralegal for six or like three months. I thought I was going to die mm -hmm. every day. I'm that like, sounds I'm going to die. Like I was <laughs> doing forms and filing. I'm like every day I'm like, Shane, I'm slowly dying inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, so I won't be doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Wrapping up, where can people find it? Like if they yep. want to subscribe, give them some directions. Yep. You can go to friendboise.com and um, type in your email. And I'll send you a nice little love letter twice a week. And um, if you go to that page, you can also scroll down and see like the last five stories. If you go to fromboise.com slash posts, you can read all of them. Um, you can email me, Marissa at fromboise, if you have something you want to talk about. Um, like businesses or events, if you're trying to get the word out, um, you can email me. I'm happy to put things in um, as long as it's not like hateful. Yeah. racist <laughs> I'll put let's it not in. do that yeah. yeah um those are pretty much my requirements yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um i have like sponsorship opportunities but i mean i'm more than happy to get the word out about things people are doing and people's businesses and um yeah there's like there's just so many cool things happening in boise and also i want to say that it's not just boise like um i talk about things you know i talk about a lot of things in boise because that's where i live but mm. um yeah, I talk about things valley-wide and even like I did a story this summer about music in the mountains, which was about like all the different music events in the different mountain towns. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. I just, I feel like, so, because we're called the Boise bubble, mm -hmm. like for me, I don't think, Boise is not Boise. Boise is all mm -hmm. of this. I always have thought that, but it does confuse some people because totally. I forget some people really do think of Boise and then there's Meridian and Eagle. And for me, I always just tell people I'm from Boise and that just means all of it, all of it. And yeah. I, I hope we're kind of moving that direction. I, I feel like generalizing, kind of, I'm not generalizing, just brings us all together of kind of, I mean, I love, I love Nampa and I love Meridian, but I just like being from Boise. It's just like all of us together. Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Thank you for, for producing awesome content yeah, and for having for such having an me. awesome energy. So have, uh, it's so great to have you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Aloha, everybody. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're not doing that again. That's we're we're done with that. Okay, bye. The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at the Boise Bubble 
And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time.